how is it that you think that you can go from being a bad employee? I'm talking about somebody that calls off work, somebody that makes excuses to show up on time for Talk work. To you know what I mean? Like, like you, like you, you can't be a bad employee and think that you're gonna say, "Yo, I want to be my own boss. Working a job ain't for me." How you think that you're going to just go and be your own boss? You think that, so? Now you think you're gonna show up for yourself when you didn't show up for a job? Right. You think that you're going to make more money than the job will pay you, and you're not willing to put in the work? Like you got to understand that being a boss or being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, you're gonna put in more hours than you put in at the job. Welcome to Black Wealth Weekly Podcast, where you can find different guests being interviewed by me, Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, every single week, where we will be breaking down how they got into their respective industries and are creating wealth for their families. You don't want to miss an episode, so hit the bell and tune in. What's up, family? I'm Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, editor-in-chief of Black Wealth Weekly magazine and your host of this week's podcast. I'm here today joined by my brother, King Dion Coopwood, out here killing it in the streets. So please introduce yourself to the people. Got you. Uh, Like she said, Dion Coopwood, aka Mr. Phenomenal Power, I am your mindset and financial literacy coach. So I literally just show people how to just get to the bag, man. We're talking about how to achieve a 700 credit score and 100K funding in less than 100 days. So that's what I do. I'm here to get the people to gain. Yes. Listen, the first time that I met this king, he was like, look, first of all, he, he bring in the plays off junk. Okay? <laughs> so he like, look, y- y'all want some business credit? Here go a link. Boom. Pre-qualification. Let's see what you get. I got qualified for, I think it was like fifteen dollars or $20,000 credit line. That's crazy. No hard pull. Let's um, go. So let's go. I... Listen, I know that you're out here helping people get to the bag and seeing your students' um, testimonials yeah. is, you know, is, is, is really the bag. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. before you got here, before you learned about credit, start teaching credit, tell us a little bit about what you used to do and, you know, what brought you into this space of entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's a factor that I've always liked money and understanding how money worked. Um, and so... Um, I wanted to just get into something where it was it was around money and salesy. Like I like dealing and working with people. And so when I graduated college, the first and only job that I've ever had, I worked at Sprint. And I was there for seven years and I sold cell phones. After college. After college. What'd you go to college for? Um, basketball. No. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college for basketball. Um, no, so I actually went to college and I got um, a sociology degree. Okay. And this is just dealing with people, just just working with people, dealing with people. Um, I just always like communication and just, you know, socialize and always yeah. just, I'm a social butterfly. I don't care where I'm at and what I'm doing. Like, I, I was at the store the other day. Um, no, matter of fact, not the other day. I was When I was in Vegas on Memorial Day weekend, my wife was just, and she's always amazed by my actions, but I was watching an older gentleman trying to come up and down the stairs, and I just... I was just inclined to just help him with all of the stuff that he had. Imagine, you know, when Vegas is hot and he's struggling. And so I'm like, he's an older gentleman. I'm always just trying to help people and socializing and telling them to have a good day and stuff like that. And so, you know, going to college, I didn't I didn't think that I was going to actually go to college because, you know, being from the south side of Chicago, you know, being raised in a single you know family home and, and my mom, you know, having four kids and trying to do the best that she could. Uh, I didn't even really know and understand what college was. You know, you got to think about it. I was, we talking about in the 90s, I'm trying to go to grammar school, then go to high school. You know, college wasn't like the thing like that, right? Yeah. And so just growing up, um, basketball, I was good at basketball. And so basketball was that segue that kind of 
introduced me to uh, college and going to actually college and, you know, figuring it out. So basketball took me through college. I got a full scholarship. I went to Southern Illinois University. Nice. Played there and played in the Sweet 16. It was it was very fun times. But, you know, like everything, all good things must come to an end. Yeah. And so um, graduated and life hit me. Yeah. And that was in 08. And so with you, I know you kind of like do real estate. You understand and know that in 2008, that's when like the economy was crashing. And it was like, yo, so now I'm graduating college. In the worst economy. In the worst economy ever. Like <laughs> right. nobody wants to hire. So the only, only opportunities you have was like a sales like right. role. Like they always so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What did you think you were going to do with right. the psychology degree? What Like what was your plan? Because I think that's a big thing like yeah. you know we have to be more strategic about mm -hmm. choosing our uh majors yep. choosing what we decide to go to school for because yep. it's like okay i'm going to school for english psychology yeah what did you think you were going to do with that degree before you got out of college to be honest i was clueless yeah. I, but i felt like i was just going to have a good paying job i said i wanted to make six figures and I just wanted to drive a BMW and I wanted to take care of whatever family I had. That's just that's just what it was. I just like I know I'm gonna work for a good corporation. I know I'm gonna make some good money. And that was just it. I didn't know where or who because you know, like the economy was bad. So I'm like, I just as long as I can graduate, I can figure the rest out. So right. I didn't know what, but I just knew that I wanted to work a job where I thought I was gonna be wearing like a suit mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be pulling up and um you know, just working a good job and making good money. That's all. I didn't know what exactly. Because, again, I didn't really have, like, no guidance. I didn't really have, like, a mentor. I didn't have nobody, like, showing me the way. And so I just had to kind of try to, like, figure it out. Right. Yeah. So tell me, when it comes to your family lineup, where do you fall? Your mom has four kids. Oldest of four. Oldest of four. Oldest of four. I'm the oldest so of eight, bro. I that, get it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I just had to, like, just be that example. And so just graduating with that degree, I was like the first in my family to do a lot of stuff, like the first to really go to college, the first to graduate from college, um, you know, the first to actually get a degree. And it's just like all of these firsts, um, you know, I think it say something on the screen. I don't know. It say cart full or something like that. I don't know. So just to help y'all out. But, you know, just kind of going to college and uh, being the first to get that, all I really wanted to do was just really just put myself in a position where I could be a good example. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't matter what I did because I, I know that I'm going to commit first and figure the rest out later. I just wanted to be a good example for, you know, my mom and then for obviously the siblings that was following. I took a job that was really the only job that they was, that was available. Nobody was hiring. The economy was terrible. And so I just made a commitment. I was, you know, I, I prayed about it. I told God, I said, you know, if I could land a gig and, you know, provide for myself and my family, because you got to think about this too. When I graduated, I graduated in May, and then that following July, my daughter was born. Mm. So now I'm. The pressure I, is yeah, born. I was thinking that all this time you go through college, you playing basketball. You know, most basketball players, we think that we're going to go to the NBA. That's the, that's the mindset and the thought process. So I did have some offers to go play basketball overseas, but what ended up happening was I had a daughter, and I decided that I wanted to be around for my daughter so she can obtain her goals and dreams, and I, I gave all minds up. Wow. I said, I just, I just want to be here for my baby because. My biological father, you know, he passed away last year, and I never, I never had a relationship with him. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, I didn't know him, but didn't have a relationship with him. I met him like four or five times. The last time I seen him, I was like 12, 13 years ago. And at that time, you know, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm in a casino gambling. He in a casino gambling. And it's just like we run into you like, hey, what's going on? And that's the, there was no real relationship. Wow. And so for me, I'm like, if I ever become a parent, 
you know, I want to make sure that I provide the best opportunity for my children. And I want to be in it. I actually want to be a part of their life rather than just being a piece of their life. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know what? Now I graduated. Now I got a baby. I got a baby here. I'm right. like, yeah, I got to I got to figure this out. Life is real. Life is real. And see, my college coach, he told me this. He was like, y'all better take advantage of all this good lifestyle y'all got because when y'all graduate, nobody going to care. Right. Like, I went from signing autographs to <laughs> applying for as many jobs as I possibly could right. in a 12-hour in a, in a day. And it right. just, I was just trying to figure it out. So, yeah, working at Sprint, um, it definitely was, uh, it was interesting. I think that it, it actually, it, it, it put me in position to understand and know where I'm currently at now. It, it prepared me and groomed me for what you, what you see today. Yeah. So when I went, and I'm talking about having to work a job and having to like go there and be on time, having to perform. Because now when you got a sales job, you got to perform at a high, like a whole different level. Like you yeah. can't just you can't just like go there and like just sleep on a job or halfway perform. When you go to a sales job, either you're gonna perform or they getting rid of you. Mm. So I had to go in there and literally like. I was the number one sales rep, went from that to a number one, you know, assistant manager to number one store manager, like number one dish. Like I went like up the ranks number one because I never I never wanted to be on the end of having a conversation about being terminated or not having a job. Right. And so also at the same time, I came into a job with discipline from playing basketball. Mm. So now you got the maturity of a basketball player, the discipline of a basketball player. And then I'm, I had to hurry up and grow up coming out of college. So I had a baby. You see what I'm saying? So I, I became a man like overnight. Right. You know, and then and embraced it. You I, know, sounds like you embraced it, and I think I that's, did. that's the biggest part. You know, I feel like a lot of times when we're in those transitionary periods, people want to run away. Yeah. You know, yeah. people want to run away and slow down yeah. and figure things out. Yeah, but yeah. success loves speed. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I embraced it. Um, for me, and this is weird. I'm gonna give y'all a fun fact about me. When, when negative or bad things or challenging things happen to me, this is when I thrive the most. So like you said, where if somebody have a child, they like go run in the corner and like say, I don't know what I'm going to do. They want to be safe. They want to be safe. Mm -hmm. Like I perform the best in chaotic moments. Like I'm the person that's going to bring the chaos together and make it make sense. Yes. Like, so for me, like when things happen, like deaths in the family, you know, child being born, um, find that like just anything that's difficult. I like those moments because now I get to, I get to strategically think about how I'm going to perform within this moment in order to get the best outcome for not only just me but anybody that's around me. Absolutely. This is why you said, oh yeah, I love the results that you you seeing from your mentees and stuff is because. My thing is I'm a servant leader. I'm going to figure out the best way possible for everybody to win on the highest level possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I had to graduate and I had to figure it out and become an overnight, you know, like responsible person, I'm like, yo, I told the store manager when I got the job, when she hired me as a rep, this was May 11, 2009. So, you know, I, 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 if I could spit out the date, you know, this is this That's is my son's birthday. this is real. You know what I mean? <laughs> I told the store manager, I said, yo, like, I don't, you don't have to interview me. I said, just give me the job, hire me. I'm going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Wow. And you could call her to this day. Her name is Stephanie Bruce. She would tell you, she was like, God sent you to my store. Wow. I was in the store and I'm like, yo, I need to get my phone fixed. And in there getting my phone fixed, anybody who knows Sprint, y'all know Sprint. When you go on Sprint, you got to that. It was like, we called it club Sprint. You were standing for hours. <laughs> So I'm in there just waiting on my phone, like, yo, what a store manager. I need a job anyway. I'm like, well, I'm getting my phone fixed. I need Not a job. Love Sprint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, um, man, it just, it was just a situation where she said, okay, if you that serious, I do need a rep. 
and I'm a hire. And so that day changed my life forever because it gave me the, the sales experience. It gave me the responsibility. It gave me uh, the leadership experience because literally I had worked that job for eight months. Like when I tell I worked there for eight months and they said, you about to run this store. And I'm like, who running what store? Right. I'm like, I'm a How kid. How old were like, you? Yeah. At that time, I was like in my early 20s, 21, 22, 23. Like I'm just trying to figure, I'm just trying right. to figure life out. Like right. you, want, you want me to manage. And then there was people in there that was 40 years old, 50 years old. I got to manage these older people. But the reality is that when I took over in that role, it wasn't difficult. And they actually gravitated towards me because I was already like leading them and leading by example. So it was right. easy for them. You know, it was an right. easy transition. Yeah. Love it. So how long did you stay with Sprint? I was there for seven years. Um, and then they started having some changes, some merger acquisitions with, you know, they merged and took over U.S. Sailor. Um, and then T-Mobile ended up, they had a lot of stuff going on. So T-Mobile had recruited me for like 14 months to come there. Because when I was at Sprint, like my last few years there, I was their number one store manager nationwide. Got you. So with let's, me being up, yeah, like. Let's pause for a little bit, right? Because yeah. I want to ask you some numbers. You know I'm an accountant. Come on, yeah, go ahead. You know I like the numbers. Come on, let's talk, talk. So you first got out of college, you're working at Sprint. Yep. What does that look like, right? So you essentially came in there and they said, look, this guy is a star. Yep. We put him on a pathway to management, yep. right? Yep. So, you know, any management can see that and notice that. What did that look like for you from a compensation perspective? Yeah, so when I first started, this was, remember, this was May 11, 2009. When I first started there, they hired me. I was making $10 an hour. Mm. But there was $10 an hour plus commission. So I had the ability to, again, perform yep. and make commissions. And so my mind said, I'm like, yo, I want to get to the point where I can make over $75,000 a year. This is like my first, I'm, this is my first job. I don't really know, but I'm like, I got to get to six figures. This is what I'm thinking as a kid with no coach, no mentor, nobody training me and trying to help me understand. So I said, I got to at least get to six figures. I said, this first year, let's at least do 75. So I broke down the math. I'm like, yo, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm making $10 an hour. I need to make at least about a good $5,000 a month. I'm like five times 12, that's 60 plus my 10, 10 times, that's 20,000. Okay, cool. I can do this. There you go. So I stayed at work. I was working like 60 hours a week. Just to make sure that at the end of every single month, you hit your number. my commission check was five grand, at least, at least. Then when they said, we want you to be a manager, I didn't go straight to store manager. I went to what's called a key holder position, and they, they paid me like an extra $2, which was like $12.50. Then I went to what's called a lead position, and it was at like $15 an hour. Then I went from a lead to assistant store manager, which was like maybe $18, $19 an hour. Then I went to store manager, and I man you, my first eight months, they said, we're going to make you a manager, which was basically like, Key holder. So I went from like key holder. In this eight months, I went from key holder to lead to assistant manager to store manager. Eight months. That's not that's not realistic stuff. Right. For like, normal people. Like you literally got to be on a job for like a year yeah. or two before you even get some keys to a store to be able to open and close. Key holder mm. has, you got the same pay pretty much, but you got the responsibilities of a manager where you got to open the store, close the store, manage the store. So you really like not getting paid. You like a glorified manager without yeah. the pay. You like, you See, know. See, my problem, let me... <laughs> you said, oh, my problem was I was the kid, you know, in yeah. my 20s, like, what you're not going to do yeah. is give me more responsibility and no money. Correct. That's yeah. what you're not going to do. Yeah. But yeah. I love that you embraced it. Yeah. It took you, you know, to, to the place where you were able to hit your goals. Yeah. Seven years later, what were you making when you left, friend? All right. So I want to, before I give them that, I want to give them this. You got to remember Coming out of college, I, I wanted to make six figures. So my mindset and my vision was set on six figures. So I'm like, if like 
I was a, I was understanding of the fact that I need to make this short-term sacrifice for long-term gratification. Mm -hmm. Most people not willing to give up something to get something. So I always, one of, my, one of my main things I ask people is, what are you willing to give up to go up? So I was willing to give up the income for this time to be able to put myself in position to actually go up and be the actual, the guy, the store manager, the people that everybody was like, yo, like you, you made it and you finally did it. So I went through the process and I, I, I was a sales rep and I went through the growing pains and the responsibility timeframe to become that manager, right? right? So then once they said, yo, now you at the store manager position, now we, now we not, now it's time to negotiate. So my base salary as a store manager was about 85 grand. So they like, yo, we're going to pay you this to run this store. Mm -hmm. But then you got to remember, as a store manager, now I'm not getting paid off of what I sell. I'm getting paid off what the store sells. Gotcha. So now I'm like, yo, I'm doing the math again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing the, I'm like, yo, okay, I'm managing like 22 people. If I can get all of these people to hit X amount of many numbers, I can make this amount of commission. Right. I can make sure my commission check is this. I can make X amount of many dollars. Here. So now I'm like, yo, I did, let me just at least make 125 a year. I'm cool with that. Right. I'm making, I, 80 is, that's a layup. I already got. Listen, you don't got to work for that. Yeah, like the $40 an hour, that's locked in. I ain't worried about that. But this extra. Like this extra, I need an extra $20 an hour. How can I make this happen? So what I would do is I'm going to give you a secret to what I did. And probably to this day, my, probably my assistant manager knows, but my sales rep, they never knew that when I was getting the gold from the, the big guy up top, when they, when they hand out the goals, what I would do is I would take the gold. And I, because again, if, if we aim for something, normally we hit like right below it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, they say if you aim high, you, if you miss it, then you land on the clouds and it's still cool. So you got to aim for the stars, right? right? So when they would give me my goal, I would take it and I would double it. Mm. I always call myself Mr. 200% because I'm trying to hit 200% to go. Mm. But here's the crazy part. Let me tell you this, man. So I had already took the goal and I had already doubled it. So I'm giving it to my team. They don't even know that I've doubled their goal. Right. So let's just say their goal was 10 new customers a month. So that's like one new every other day. Right. So now I doubled that and I told them they needed to do 20. But then I'm telling them your goal is 20, but I want you to double it. So now, them to now I'm telling them to double a goal that's already doubled. Quadruple. So we quadrupling it. So now instead of them doing 20 for the month, now I'm telling them to do 40 for the month. Wow. So I'm like, I need y'all, y'all working about 20 days a, a month. So you put the pressure on them. I need you to just do two new customers a day. Right. So they trying to figure out how is it that this, this, how is it that I became number one? Well, psychologically, I put it in my team, man, that not only do they, they double, they thinking that they double the goal, that it's yeah. already double, they quadruple it. So their performance is based on quadruple. Wow. So when, when other store managers are looking at the performance of my store. They're like, how is he doing this? How is he making, a, how is this store manager <laughs> blowing his goals out? How is his sales reps making 60, 70, 80? How is his sales, why do they always want to stay at work? Why do nobody, like on their off days, they're like, boss, can I come in? Boss, can I kind of come in? Then I was doing incentivized stuff. Like I'm like, yo, whoever the top person in sales for the week, I'm going to give you a $100 gift card. So now they working for this gift card. Man. That's an incentive. Then I'm like, yo, whoever hit they double goal for the day, you can go home early. So now they all at the front. So when you come to my store, normally when you go in cell phone stores, they refs just chilling in the back. They right. relaxing. They just waiting on you to come to them. Right. My people at the front of the door like, yo, I got the next one. Don't, hey, don't play with you. know the next one. They arguing. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just sitting in the back like... This is this is good. This right. is good. I right? love it. You see what I'm saying? This, this is the environment that I created. Yeah. So now in an entire district. I need to see you redo this environment. Okay. For a business not named Sprint. I'm, I'm not, I'm, but I'm, a I'm, legacy yeah, 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 business. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. That's I need I need to see it. Cause this that energy. You see what I'm saying? Listen, you you just you you just gave the corporations the cheat code. <laughs> I did. Don't 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 they put need to this cut out. you a check right now. They Look, need to cut you a check. Don't put this out. You're gonna put this on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's that's really what I did. That's wow. kind of that's kind of happened. That's where I got to the point where being number one in the nation um, as a store manager out of like I think it was like eighteen hundred, eighteen thousand stores, whatever that number was. T-Mobile started recruiting me after seven years. They was like, "Hey, yo, we need to go and get that guy." If y'all thinking that you work for a corporation and they don't have people that's called headhunters mm -hmm. where they go and steal people, the high performing people, and bring them, you wrong. They watching. Right. They watching. You know. And so what I will say too is that. While people watching you, you need to watch yourself. Mm. Because normally what I tell people, normally the enemy is the enemy. Mm. Where we talking about which, the, the byproduct of what you're seeing today is somebody who went to work on time. I never called off. I worked every day. I worked on my off days. And so what I did was I, 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 I mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually groomed myself for the success that I'm having today. And then also that, that you know, it's, it comes from the top down where if the leader is doing it, then what do you think anybody that's following this person is going to do? Absolutely. And then now you, it, it transitioned into entrepreneurship. But this is why, you know, I was being recruited because they're like, yo, he's doing things that we've never seen. The performance, the charts is crazy. Like, we need to get him here. And then when I went to T-Mobile, I did the same thing all over again. <laughs> it, it, I don't know if they thought it was a joke. They thought it was a game. Right. But I left and went to Sprint. I went to T-Mobile. So what did they start thing. you with? So you were starting at 85 base. What did they start you with when you left? They, at T-Mobile, they started me at like 95 base. Did you negotiate or that's I did. Okay. Yep. Just a, I didn't, it wasn't even really like a negotiation. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to spill some beans. It's, it's, it's old now. but I mean, this is, it's, it's yeah, all learning. It's this all is, learning. This is to teach somebody else so they don't make the mistakes that we've made. Correct. Now, what I would tell you is that uh, I was in a fortunate position where I didn't have to negotiate because the person who had recruited me, he was the person that was managing the all the managers at Sprint and he went to T-Mobile. Oh, so gotcha. he knew how I was performing. So he said, just tell me what you want me to pay me and what, what day you want to start and I got you. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm like, I'm not trying to be greedy or be ridiculous. I'm like, yo, just pay me more than what I'm getting paid. Yeah. And you I was, didn't know what to ask for. I didn't really care. Yeah. I, I did because I was really particular about it, but my whole goal was to just go with a company that really could I could continue to grow with. I feel like seven years at a company, I feel like I should have been at a higher position than I was at. And I was like, yo, I need to, I need to go somewhere where, you know, I'm not just like tolerated. I'm like actually like loved. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like people like really care about me and, you know, want to pour back into me. And so I feel like my the time at Sprint just, you know, it, it, it ran out. That's all it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, seven years, that's a long time. It's a long time, man. That's a long time. But I, I tell people all the time, they always be like, you know, I wish I could have got into entrepreneurship sooner. And for me, I don't. Like, I appreciated the seven years I gave Sprint and the one year I gave T-Mobile because it really helped me understand how to, like, just manage myself mm -hmm. and then manage and lead others. That yeah. experience, I can't. Listen. I can't take it you back. You can't duplicate that anywhere, yeah. right? And and when you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to figure yourself out. Yeah, yeah. So having that experience, learning that experience on somebody else's dime, yeah. man, that that was that was valuable. Yeah. Like you you can lead a trillion dollar sales team. Companies will pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars to come in and train their salespeople. Yeah. Just with your mentality. Exactly. Just with your mentality. So exactly. even if you didn't want to start your own business or whatever. You can go and do consulting and teach salespeople all over the world yeah. your tactics. But, so, but I don't understand how is it that people think that they could go from being, and this, I'm, I'm going to talk to the, I want to talk directly to some people here today. 
How is it that you think that you can go from being a bad employee? I'm talking about somebody that calls off work, somebody that makes excuses to show up on time for Talk work. Talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, like you, like you, you can't be a bad employee and think that you're gonna say, "Yo, I want to be my own boss. Working a job ain't for me." How you think that you're going to just go and be your own boss? You think that, so now you think you're going to show up for yourself when you didn't show up for a job? Right. You think that you're going to make more money than the job will pay you and you're not willing to put in the work? Like, you got to understand that being a boss or being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, you're going to put in more hours than you put in at the job. Absolutely. You don't even know where your next check is going to come from. So that means that you, 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 get to, you get to eat what you kill. But now if you're not out there hunting, you're not, there's no results. You starve. You starve. <laughs> and so, again, people thinking that, yo, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a boss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live life on my own terms. Well, you don't even understand what goes into it. You don't even understand, like, sometimes, like, when you're running a business, you can't even be nice to everybody. Right. Like, everybody is not your ideal client. Now, now, if you're working at a job and people coming to you, those are the ideal clients because commercials and ads are being ran and these people are being tracked into the door. So they're already coming for what you got. Right. And this is what I had to tell my team when I was managed, like, the people are already coming for something. Sell them something else. Right. So now when you think that you're going to become a biz owner and you're working a job, if you can't wake up on time, if you can't go to work on time, like, if you can't, like, really, like, get over yourself, you can't be a boss. There you go. Like, we don't, being a boss don't mean that you get to work less hours. You got to work more hours. Being a boss don't mean that you get you get holidays off. You actually work on holidays. Are we in church right now? We, we somewhere. Because <laughs> I want to help somebody because they think that when they look at Maven and they look at it, they look at Dion, they say, yo, I want to be like you. Listen. Okay, well, then you're going to have to put in the work. Like you, like you, a lot of people, they get mad at the results that they not getting from the work that they not putting in. Like you're not putting in the work. I'm telling I'm here to tell y'all the only thing that work is work. That's it. You're trying to figure out the easy, the easy way. And you're trying to figure out if there's a cut short. If you, if you try to take a cut short, all you're going to do is end up cutting yourself short. There ain't no easy way. Mm. There ain't no easy button to this thing. You got to put in the work. So when you see people putting in the work, you see a successful entrepreneur, they make a six figures year. They make a seven figures year. The reality is that they put in the work and they were strategic about everything that they did. Every single day, there was an intention behind that day. They didn't just get up and just try to wing this thing. No, it was mapped out. Just like the job. The job say, Shanika, we need you to come in Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. We need you to, and we need you to work this schedule. If you don't come, they fire you. Right. So if you're a business owner, why is it that you don't have a set schedule for you and your business? Right. Why are you not respecting that process and that schedule? How, how do you think that you're going to disrespect your schedule and then the process that go behind getting results? Or you don't even have a schedule. You don't have a list of things to do. And you think that you're going to get results. It just it don't work that way. And this is why it goes back to your point. If you were a lazy employee, you're going to be a lazy entrepreneur. So, Period. y'all, keep those jobs until you get ready because this, this life ain't what you want. If nah. you ain't disciplined and if you're not ready. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by ABCs for Rich Kids by seven-year-old author and entrepreneur Bryce Nicholas. Please tell us where we can find your book. ABCsforRichKids.com Awesome. This book is so amazing, guys. It literally goes from A to Z with different financial terms for your little loved ones. Awesome. So we've got F is for future value. E is for evaluation. H is for air. Guys, if you do not have this book, the Amazon number one bestseller, 
please go and grab it now at abcsforrichkids.com. So take us to your first year of entrepreneurship. Wow. You had eight years being an employee, fresh yeah. out of college. Yeah. You had an eight-year-old at this point. Right? Uh, she was about eight, nine years old. So when I, okay, so yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so she, take us to life. Wow. When you had an eight-year-old. Yeah. Okay, man. Had an eight-year-old in my first year entrepreneurship. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, I said, wait a minute. I mean, because you got to think. I was making at that time, I was making like 130 a year. And um, if you do the math on that, you know, man, the checks was good. You know, we talking about like, we talking about like five figure take home a month. On the job. On the job. Mm -hmm. Like we talking about like 10 grand a month. And like, this is you managing a T-Mobile store. This is me managing multiple T-Mobile stores. Cause, oh, gotcha. Cause they brought you me in to be a district manager. Gotcha. So they're like, yo, we want you to come in. We want you to run this particular store. Like you're gonna own this store, but then we want you to help run these other stores as well. And mm -hmm. we want you to eventually step into this DM role and like make it happen. So I'm like, okay. So this was like, I left there um, and I'm like, yo, I think that if I could make 130 a year on a job, worst case, I could make that for, a, for myself a year. I'm like, I, I know I got it. But I'm like, if I could make that one year on a job, I'm like, I, I should be able to make that monthly. I should be able to pull this out. Monthly? So, yeah, monthly. Yeah, it was like my mindset was crazy because even at the job, I never had, the reason why I left, everybody's like, yo, you crazy? You out of your mind? You know, I line up from here to Mississippi for a job like that. For me, I just didn't have no fulfillment. So let me just help everybody understand and know that I left because, like, even working a job, I was starting my own clothing line. I was doing this. I you was doing. Bored. I was doing entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah, the stores was running. They, I had it figured out where I could do this stuff in my sleep. And mm -hmm. so, it was just a. It was just a situation where the job didn't no longer make me feel good yeah. going there every day. Yeah. And then I always feel like anytime that I took a vacation, I needed a vacation from my vacation because I was working on my vacation. Mm. Like we had a laptop. And so the laptop went everywhere with me. So if I had an issue at the store, I had to open up the laptop and figure out what's going on, answer emails. And so it just really wasn't the best uh, role. It was just like I was kind of like on a ball and chain. And so this first year in entrepreneurship, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. But what I will say is, again, I'm going to take, I'm going to take everybody back. The experience that the job gave me made it easy. So what I did was I took the leadership experience that I had and that I was taught, that I was groomed for, and I took the experience that I had as a sales rep. I went back into my sales days and I got into my leadership bag, whereas I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to figure this thing out. And so every single day, I worked eight to 10 hours a day mm. like in my business. Doing what? And so at that time, I, I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Man, I'm just going to be transparent. Can I be? I'm gonna be Please do. So I wasn't quite sure. And at that time, because I was a kid and I, was, I had a lot of money, I had some money saved, but I didn't have enough to really just like, like handle all of my expenses. And hmm. so like I was- Let's talk about that. Yeah. Like I, when I was working that job, making all that money, I was buying like designer Listen, everything. Let, 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 let's, let's talk about that because- it, there, there is a road, right, where you have to, you, we work, 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 and then we jump into entrepreneurship. When yeah. you left for entrepreneurship, were you in debt? Did you have a lot of money saved? Like, you were making six figures for some years, yep. and you were young. Yep. So, you know, you would think yeah. that you have the opportunity to save a lot of money. Not young. Not young. So, I was bad. I was, I was doing what I probably shouldn't have been doing. I was partying a lot. And we all were. Yeah, I was partying a lot. <laughs> but I was the guy that you go in a club and that's the section over there with all of the bottles mm. and all that. You spending three, four, five thousand. Like, I was going to live on Sunday. I was flying to Miami 
like at minimum every other month. Wow, I love Miami too when I was younger. It was one of my favorite places to Favorite, go still quick. my favorite. Is it? Yeah, and it's just like, I was flying there like every other month and I would stay there for like about a week and I would I would pay for like everything. Everybody. Yeah, I, it didn't matter. Like we go into the club, I, it's a 20, I, I, we in there. Right. We're gonna get this $10,000 section. And so I was spending a lot of money just, I mean, you know, if I was young, yeah, I was just living, yeah. partying, having fun. And I was banned. Everything was designer this, designer that. And it just, none of that stuff holds any value. I'm just going to say that. None of it holds any value. So I gave majority of my shoes away. Um, I gave majority of my clothes away. You took my $300 pair of jeans. It, did, it just wasn't, it didn't make no sense the kind of stuff that I was doing. Right. When I look at it now, older and in hindsight, you know, obviously now being married with three kids. Like, yeah. it's like I would never right. at this point. So in I mean my look life. at this. Like let's just let, let's just think about it. Over those eight years that you were working, you were making at least a hundred thousand dollars a year. You made probably a million dollars in those eight years, right? Yep. And so a lot of times people think like, oh, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be a millionaire, that you gotta make a million dollars a day, a million dollars a month, a million dollars in a year. But over those short eight period of years, you made a million dollars. That's crazy. What did you have to show for it when you left and jumped into entrepreneurship? You digging deep, ain't you? I'm just asking the question. <laughs> um, no, I had so I, I actually owned a house. Okay, I had, I owned awesome. A, yeah, so I, I had I purchased my first property when I was like 24, 25. So like a year after I got the job, I had purchased my own house. Uh, I went from renting to purchasing. Um, I owned about four cars. Yeah. So yeah, it's, see, it was, see, I had. Why would you? Who needs four cars? <laughs> And it was crazy. The house that I bought, it had two driveways. So I had one driveway that went all the way to the back with a three-car garage. And then it like, had a partial driveway that went to like the back of the house. So I got I got two cars in the garage. I got one sitting here. Then I got one on the... It's like, bro, why, why do you need a, a BMW, a Cadillac, a Grand Prix? Like, what you do? A, a Camaro? What do you, why, why do you need these cars? You was living life. I was just living life. I had, you know, more than one car note. Um, I had a mortgage at the time, you know what I mean? I had my daughter that I was taking care of, but then my daughter, when she turned three, so for that, so for five years, I was traveling back and forth. So one month I was going to Atlanta because she moved to Atlanta with her mom. Mm. So one month I'm in Atlanta, the next month I'm in Miami. The next month I'm in Atlanta, the next month I'm in Miami. So I was traveling a lot, spending a lot of money. So once I actually went into entrepreneurship, I didn't have a lot of money. So I had like maybe probably about 10 grand saved. Mm. And, and I had about $40,000 and credit cards that I could use. Right. So my transition away from the job, really not being prepared. Yeah. I had $10,000 and $40,000 in credit cards that I could use. No debt. Right. So what I did was I leveraged that $40,000 in credit to literally like get me to the point to where I really was an entrepreneurship because I got my life insurance producer's license. Okay. And I was basically like hitting the pavement, door knocking, like door to door sales, door knocking, cold calling, pulling up to people's house, like selling life insurance. And so like the first like four to five months doing that, I didn't make a dollar. Wow. So we talking about this, this 10,000 I had saved, plus this $40,000 that I had in credit cards, like I had to discover it, and I had like three Amex. I used that to pay my mortgage, pay my car note, pay my bills. Right. So you know I know how to I know how to turn credit mm -hmm. into cash. So I'm doing I'm handling it. <laughs> but it's like, yo, like I went like my first four or five, almost a half a year, I didn't make no money as an entrepreneur. Wow. But but I was working 50 to 60 hours a week right. and wasn't making no money. Wow. But then when the money came, oh, the money came. Gotcha. Like when it started pouring, it was like a thousand a week, two thousand a week, three. I'm like, yo, all right, it's, this thing is I working. I saw your screenshots last week. See what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing about what I do and nothing about what I say a fabrication or a fallacy. Like, right. I don't have no fluff about my story. So your first year in life insurance, what that looked like? What'd you do? Like, what was your production? 
Um, so I got in and like well, not first year, but like let's just say an average year. Yeah. So I started. I got my license in October of 2016. So from October to October, I did 100 and no October to May, June, July, August, September. It was like August. So from October of 2016 to August of like 2017, I did 110,000. First year. First year. Love I was it. like, yo, let's go. Like, I'm like, yo, like. <laughs> I could do this. But I didn't even, like, I didn't, re I didn't really know what I was doing. I, right. I studied for an exam, went and got my license, and just, I started with my family and friends. None of them bought for me. So let me, let me help somebody again. <laughs> your family, your friends are not your customers. They're not your clients. That's, everybody have what's called a client avatar. So unless you're marketing to the right person, who you marketing to doesn't, like your family, don't get mad at your mom and your daddy just because they didn't buy your stuff. Right. That doesn't that's, mean they don't love you. That's like if you buying wigs. You want, your daddy got to buy wigs. <laughs> like he's not, he's not your ideal client. Like so people be getting mad. Like yo, so I didn't look at my family and friends as an opportunity to make money. I looked at them as an opportunity to get in front of people that didn't know, the, that didn't know me, wouldn't judge me, and would look at me as a professional. Because see, even I went to my family house to get these referrals, I was going dressed up. I was like, yo, I'm on. They're like, cousin, why you here with this suit on? <laughs> I'm not your cousin today. Today we ain't going to do cousin. Don't, don't treat, you respect my job. Listen. You, when you come to my job, you ain't asking why I got on a suit and why I got, why I'm looking like I'm professional. Right. I'm professional. I'm pulling up to the house. I'm right. being professional. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Shanika? I'm not finna, we not finna do that. Right. I want you to take me serious. Right. This is, this is how I'm making my money. Listen, he is teaching y'all something right now. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling up and I'm like, I'm not looking for my cousin to buy policy. I'm looking for my cousin to give me 20 referrals that now tomorrow I could call and say, hey. Hey, how you doing? I was at Shanika's house and she wanted me to sit down with you and go over the same financial information I share with her. It's tomorrow or the following day a good time for you. Yep. You see how I just spit that out? This is what I was doing. Right. And they're like, oh, my cousin Shanika? Yeah, that's my cousin. She mm -hmm. wasn't just send anybody crazy to my house. Right. What's the dress that I'll be coming to, Miss Nicole? Is it a house or an apartment? Is it going to be a blue or red car in the driveway? Your <laughs> husband going to be there or is it going to just be you by yourself? I'm hammering the phone. Honey call, honey calls a week. I'm going crazy. Bro, you need a sales training. You know what I mean? Like this is <laughs> this is this is the real me. This is the real me. And look, if y'all feel me, just drop, let's go in the comments. Like I'm I, I'm like, seriously, this is the real me. So I literally had to figure it out. And so once I figured it out, then I was with a multi-level marketing company. I'm not gonna even say no names, but I built the organization. I built the organization in this company selling life insurance. I had over 100 agents nationwide. So now I'm at the point where like my second and third year, going into my second and third year, now I'm making six figures chilling because mm -hmm. they selling policies. Right. I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting residual income. You know what I mean? So now... So what do you think about the MLM? Because a lot of people look at the business of MLM as mm -hmm. a scam, as a fraud. Nah, 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 nah. What do you think I, I, I like MLMs. MLM as I like business? MLMs because what it does is it gives a new business owner, it gives them some structure. Mm -hmm. Because what a MLM really does is it really gives you the headache it, it takes away the headache of trying to put everything in place that it needs to run a business. Yeah. Like, it takes away. It takes away that heartache and that pain of you got to run payroll and you got to do this. You need the Operations. website. So they got it all done. Yep. They already got it done for you. And so all you got to do is just plug yourself into the system and, and you're good. It, it, it works from there. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially, like, I did an MLM I, uh, and it's crazy. So now we're talking about going from working a job, being number one. Guess what, guess, guess what position I was at the MLM? Make number 
I was number one. Okay. <laughs> I got trope. I'm gonna post this stuff in my story today for everybody. I literally went from working a job being number one to a, in the MLM selling life insurance. I had to, I was the number one producer. Wow. I was the number one life insurance producer. I had the number one what's called base shop. I was the number one life insurance overall producer. Like it was every every category that you could potentially have a category for, I was number one in it. Love the only it. category that I didn't take was income because we had people in there was like 20, 30 years and they was right. making millions. So that was it. I couldn't take that one, but every category I took number one. And I had a team, and so now I'm taking my team to these conferences that they put together, and it's like, yo, we going crazy. And we was, again, a, a good leader being number one all over again. Gotcha. What made you leave? Because my understanding, especially when you have these legs and MLM, you have a team that's working for you. Mm -hmm. What made you leave all of that income and potential income yeah. in that organization? Or is the organization even still around? Yeah, the organization is still around. Okay. Um, I had got to a point to where what I was doing, I wanted to get into another facet of like financial literacy and mm -hmm. financial services because that's considered financial services when you're doing life insurance and retirement planning. And I, it just got to a point for me where I just wanted to explore something different. And so I had ran into a, a good buddy of mine and he offered me opportunity to start my own solar renewable energy company. And so I, at the same time while I was doing that, I was offering uh, the homeowners that I was going to see the opportunity to go solar for their house, which is saving them some more money that they was essentially being able to reinvest into their policy and their retirement planning. And so at that time, this is crazy. Like, I'm telling you. Y'all ain't even catch that one. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? Like, this is. Y'all ain't even catch that. <laughs> He's saving them money on their electricity and then saying, look, let's take this money that you save on your electricity and let's, let, let's invest that money. It doubled my sales. Listen. I so, love it. so now here's what's crazy. Again, I'm being transparent. I'm going to just like give y'all the real, no fluff. The owner of that company, he didn't like the fact that I was offering something else. Mm -hmm. He was like, "Yo, like you, my, you, you the number one guy here. Like, what are you doing, doing anything else? Like, because yeah. I was marketing on my social media, so they all watching. Like, so now everybody in the company was like, "Hey, can I do that too?" <laughs> so he, so his mind, I guess his mind was like. Yo, you going to be taking over? Yeah, you going to take everybody over there, mm -hmm. and they're going to be offering solar in a minute because now when you look at the life insurance commission versus the solar commission, I was saying my people like three, four grand a house. Right. You know what I'm saying three, four grand a house, and you and so now you look at that, you compare that to like let's just say you could have started your own MLM. I did really, I did. Okay. I Good. Really, you I should really have. Did. I had like, I had like, <laughs> I had my directors. It was, it was, it was crazy. Like I, we was running the bag was crazy. Right. Like the bag, like we talking about you doing a house. I'm talking about my, we making like 10 to 15, 20 grand a house. Mm. Like the bread was the the money was crazy. So I it, it was it, I could just the money was good. So we made good money there, but it just came to a point where he didn't like the fact that I was offering something else. And so he basically was like, look, if you gotta do this or you're gonna do that. Mm. I said, oh, so I gotta pick. While everybody else in the company get to do other stuff. They doing real estate over here. They doing, okay, so if I got to pick, I pick, I choose me. Right. I choose me. I'm, now I'm at the point, you got to think, three years life insurance, at this point, I'm transitioning out now. So I'm like, yo, I done killed it at the job for eight years. Three years, I'm 11 years in the game. Well, I done made six figures. So now I'm, I was doing life insurance. My first year, 110. Second year, like 150, almost 200,000. Third year, 200. Like, we, I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm good. I got, now... The mature me got money saved. Right. So now I'm like, bye. Right. See you later. I'm going to, and I already have my other business running. Well, I'm like, yo, I'm making 20, 30, 40, 50 grand. Nah, I'm You know what that's called? Like, I'm out. That's What's called FU money. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had the opportunity to say, I'm out, peace. 
And it wasn't nothing disrespectful. It was all love. I'm like, because I'm a professional in every sense of the way. You never know when you need somebody. So I don't want to burn no bridge. I said, yo, this just doesn't work for me in the position and the place that I'm in in my life right now. So I'm going to take the opportunity to go over here and run my own business. I'm going to let you guys have that. Whatever happens, happens. So like my team, they're like, yo, what you doing? So it was crazy. Like half of, or 50% of my team, give or take, they came and they just, they left life insurance and started doing solar with me. Wow. So I was able to put them in the leadership role, pay them more money than they was making over there. Right. And it was, it was, it was good. And then I kind of transitioned out of that too, because my calling was all about finances. Mm -hmm. So then that brought me back to you know, credit, what I'm doing now and business credit and business funding. That brought me to starting my credit company because inside of solar, these people had to qualify for solar, which means they had to have a 650 credit score higher. So I'm like, well, what is it that I can do? What can I do to help these people? Mm -hmm. So I started referring them to a credit company. Then I said, well, if I know how to structure a business and run a business, why am I start my own credit company? Right. And then that birthed my credit company. Mm, mm, mm. You see how this thing, this thing, I'm saying it just, it's happening. It you just was happening. You can't plan it. You can't plan it any perfectly. You know what I'm saying? You just have to take one step, one step, one step, and then it all just lays itself and, out. And I want to, I'm going to say this because this is really going to help somebody. A lot of people are out here, they say they hustling and they grinding for money and they working hard for money, then you're doing the wrong thing. Mm. I've never hustled and grind for my money. I just did what was comfortable for me or what I felt like was easy to me and hard to others. So when I got into life insurance, I said, I like this financial plan. I like this. I like this make me feel good. So right. when I was when I was out there working eight to ten hours a day, I didn't feel like I was working. It made me mad when people didn't listen to the financial advice that I was giving them, the financial planning, and say, yes, I need that for me and my family. Right. Like I had a passion and a desire to get up to do this every single day. Mm -hmm. And when I transitioned, I went so I'm like, I'm still helping people. I'm saving the money. I had a passion for that. Right. And then when I started my credit card, I'm like, yo, I like the smile. I I like what the way it make people feel. I like how I'm helping people. I had a passion for that. Right. This is why. I'm, I still do it to this day. I'm like, this stuff make me feel good. So I don't have to grind out the chase and I don't have to go after money. Money come to me frequently and abundantly. Like this ain't, this, so when people look at me and they say, well, yo, how's this man making X amount of many dollars a month and X amount of many dollars? Yo, you're chasing it and it's coming to me. Listen. It's, you're chasing it and it's coming to me. Listen. I don't, I'm not, I'm not chasing money. The money chasing me. Right. To be honest, it chased me. Right. I get deposits and I'll be like, yo, this is, this is crazy, like, because my confidence, my level of understanding, my education, and what I do, it exudes. And people say, yo, like, I like, I like how he talk. Right. I like how he make me feel. That's I, the... You that, see what I'm saying? I like how he makes me feel. Because people ain't buying what you're selling. They right. buying what you say. Ain't, no, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody buying products and services, man. They buying me. They buying you. When they sign up with you, they say, I can go get life insurance with somebody else. I can go and get somebody else to do my credit. But I like you. I like what you say. I like how you made me feel. Absolutely. It's an emotional connection. So all I'm doing is telling people, based upon my experience, based on my knowledge and understanding of what it is that I do, I'm just helping them purchase what I have to offer. Mm. But I ain't selling you nothing. This so good. I got nothing to sell. This so good. You know what I mean? I got, I got nothing to sell. So you're, you're teaching people the side of business that you can never really learn unless you go through it you got you see like you know what the the the, the part of business that you're teaching is like is is, is spiritual yeah. almost you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah it's more about energy it's yep. about being magnetic yeah. it's about attracting yeah you know so that's why that's why people love you i appreciate it listen i appreciate it. oh my god that was it. so good so where are you today? What's going on with you today? Yep. 
Um, you know, where can people follow you? Yep. What kind of actually give us a bar? Let's let, let's talk about credit. Okay, let's let's talk about let's talk a little bit about credit. Um, I know you do Metro too. I know a lot about credit. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I heard yeah. you say Metro too. I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, I yeah. said, you know, I know I'm far out of the game because yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of it. So gotcha. talk to me about what you do. Got you. So essentially, uh, I help people attain a 700 credit score and 100K in, I would just say, credit or funding in 100 days. So this is what I do. And I do that by way of uh, Metro 2 compliance, which is a form in which I help people understand the best way for a consumer to get items removed from their credit report. And I'll explain that. And then with the funding piece, that's all through just like me giving people the information and or mentorship and coaching to understand what are the correct banks to do business with. Right. So you got to go through a, a repairing process on your credit. Then you got to go through a building process on your credit. Then you got to actually bank with the right people. So people don't understand this sequence and this concept. So all I'm doing is just teaching people this sequence and this concept to put themselves in the best financial position as possible. And so when we backtrack and we look at, well, what is Metro 2? What is it? Like a lot of people, when I said, they be like, I don't I've never heard of this. I don't understand what it is. Let me give it to you guys in its simplest form. When we have items that report on our credit report, and or you know our credit consumer credit profile essentially those items went through a compliance standard to be even be reported right so what i'm doing is i'm not i'm not talking about factual dispute which is most people do factual dispute which is they say these items that are on my credit report is it verifiable is it mine like is it factual is it inaccurate mm -hmm. this is what we're talking about i'm talking about on the way there did it meet compliance standards to even get here mm. So when you send in a Metro 2 letter to the credit bureaus and a Metro 2 compliance, everybody can Google this. This was a, a standard that was put in place in 1997 by the CDIA, which is Trans, Experian, Equifax, and Innovis. They sat at the round table and said, we need some kind of compliance standard for these, these creditors when they send us stuff to report because they're getting paid to report it. But regardless of whether we're getting paid to report, we need some kind of consumer-like firewall in place that says that we met standards for this stuff to even be reported. Mm -hmm. The standard that they put in place is called Metro 2. Metro 2 was put in a system called eOscar that determines how it, items, are, whether they're going to be on your consumer credit report or not. So we send in letters to the credit bureau, me and you not reading it. We opening up the letter manually, but we don't have enough manpower to read a million letters in a day. Right. So they feed it through a machine called eOscar. eOscar compliance standard is called Metro 2 compliance. So when you put this letter through this web-based machine, it's going to read the codes, and the code is going to determine whether items can stay or not. And the coding and the communication is called Metro 2 compliance. Mm. It got to meet a standard to be reported. So when you send in a Metro 2 letter, you're basically telling the credit bureau, I know for a fact that you did not meet standards to report this item, so therefore it got to be deleted. And they don't argue because you're using the fire against fire. Right. They put the standard in place. You just send in a letter that speaks to their standard. Yeah. You speak in their language. They're right. like, ooh, this, oh, I can understand. It's like, yeah. when you send in factual dispute, it's like they kind of get it, but they don't want to get it because they get paid to report items. Right. So they're like, nah, we're getting paid to report this. You have to come with a little bit more. You can come with a few more letters before yeah. we do anything. Right. But when you speak their language, you say Metro 2, they're like, yo. I didn't know what they talked about. Yeah, it's like hiring it's a, stick a lawyer it, it, yeah. that knows the law. That's it. I can speak to the law. Yep. I can't go into a courtroom and say how I feel. Correct. You have to bring facts and That's you have it. to bring laws. So That's it. So cool. Metro 2 is literally it's, it's, it's speaking to the ability for items to be reported. Not, not that it's reported and I may or may not own it. I'm talking about does this item, re, like, does it meet the requirements to be reported? 
If it don't meet these requirements, it's got to get deleted. Gotcha. And 90% items ain't, it don't meet the requirements. Gotcha. So let's go into funding. What is what does the funding cycle look like? And I know you talked about relationships, uh, yeah, yeah. building with banks. Yeah. So if somebody was going through this repair and restorative process, yep. where should we start, you yep. know, when we're trying to build these relationships? Yeah, so what I would say is this. Um, most business owners are really, mo mo most people that we deal with that we see, they just get started. So we talk about startup individuals. And so with a startup, you're in a situation to where you don't have time in business, where most business, you got to, for you to get funding through a bank and just say your business ain't only, you need to have at least two years in business. They want to see your articles of incorporation showing two years. They want to see business bank statements and bank accounts at least the last three months. So you got to have a business bank account with at least 75000 plus to go in it for them to even respect the fact or think that you can pay this money back. Because here's the idea. Most of these lines of credits and loans we get from these banks, there's no collateral. It's unsecured. Right. So what? What? why would you think that if you just started a business, you don't really got no income, why would a bank want to give you a line of credit that you could just say, oh, it's in my business name. I don't have no liability. I'm running off. Right. That If you can't pro provide and prove that you have tenure, you have income flowing, and you have done good business, then what they want you to do is now you got to have a personal guarantor which could be you as the business owner, you could co-sign, like co-sign, hey, this is my business, but I'm a co-sign. Now you got a PG and co-sign. Now you got to make sure your personal credit is in order. Right. So this is why we got to repair and mm -hmm. we got to rebuild. When you're going through the rebuilding process, you got to make sure, obviously, your credit profile looks a certain type of way. So you want me to get in the, break it down? Please do. All right, very minimum, six, 680 credit score at the minimum. You need to have uh, no missed payments. So you can't have no missed payments. If you got that, you need to go through the credit repair process. You can't have no derogatory items or remarks on your credit profile. Credit utilization need to be less than 10%. You need to have more than 10 on-time positive paying accounts, and you need to have less than five inquiries. So now somebody out there saying, well, what if my credit profile looks 90% like that, but I'm missing a few things? You can still get approved and funded. You just may not get the maximum amount of money that the bank would potentially give you based upon how your credit profile is actually structured out, if that makes sense to you. So essentially, that's what it need to look like. Once you've gotten your profile looking like that, then now you are ready to go into the bank and say, let me get the money. Like, I want to get a line of credit in my business name. It's going to report to just your business credit profile, but essentially you're now in a place where you can co-sign for your bank. It's a, it's a concept of owning nothing and controlling everything. So I own nothing because everything is in my business, my house, my car, all this stuff that I'm purchasing, but I, I control it because I am the business owner. Mm -hmm. So most people, they... They, they don't understand why you can't get to the level that you're trying to get in life is because you haven't started a business, you're not operating as a business owner, and if you are, you're not operating the right way, which means you need to separate yourself from your business. Operate as Dion here, operate as your business here. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so then there are certain banks. You need to go to banks that actually are going to support small business owners or individuals that are looking to get higher limits. Like most people run a chase right away, BOA, and there's nothing against those banks, but uh, the reality is that most banks are what's called for-profit. That means that they look at a game. They look into, hey, I'm going to give you a low limit, or I'm going to give you a little bit of money with a high interest rate because I want you to spend the money. I want to gain something. Yep. You need to go to these credit unions because they are not for profit. All right, drop some name on us. Let's get these relationships going. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Where the money at? Yeah, yeah, they can go <laughs> They can go to um, Navy Federal. Obviously, is a good you know, relationship Always. bank to build with. Absolutely. The really good part about them is if you don't have credit, you can build credit with them because you know, you're in a situation to where you can get a pledge loan. You know I'm learning mean? so much about all the different products they have. Yeah. I, I did the pledge loan. Pledge loan. Um, yeah, look, they secure card they do turns a lines into of credit. Yeah, they secure card they turns into an actual credit, credit card. 
So most people, they go and get a secure card and it's not converting. They got a convertible secure card where you started with a secure card backing your own money, but then now this same bank is going to turn in 90 days. They're going to give you an actual credit card with a with line of credit. Yes. Then you go, get, you go get a pledge loan and you pay it off in 90 days and now they're willing to give you everything that they can offer. But this is a credit union. They are in the business to support individuals, whether it's a business, whether it's an individual, to give you the best opportunity. So they're going to give you the best odds of approval. Then they're going to give you the highest limit possible. Then you got to go to some of these small, like, small town banks. Like, let me, like, I give y'all a bank. Like, you got, like, community bank. You got, like, uh, damn, you going to give me, I got to get a sauce away. You got, you got FNBO, which oh, is First know. National Bank of Omaha. Yeah. You go to these banks, they're giving you, that was one of the banks I gave you, yep. 15K. Yeah. Community get, bank is giving people 15K. You go to Navy Federal, they give you a pretty nice limit as well, like mm -hmm. 5, 10K when you get, you know, their credit card. So it's like, you Navy in a Federal? Navy Federal, yeah. I ain't seen nobody get under $20,000. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? But I'm talking about somebody that's just, just getting card, started, yeah, like yeah, secure yeah, yeah. card. Like, it, the, it's, the opportunities is, is amazing, and people just don't know where to actually go. Like, you could go to DCU. DCU, they're giving you 10, 15, 20,000. Like, you can go to PenFed. And most of these banks, they do a pre qualification. You can see if you pre qualify for the card before you get a hard inquiry. Right. But why, would, but why aren't you taking advantage of it? See, and this is, this is what we our mentor know. says. Our biggest expense in life is what we do not know. So right. when you get information, it'll change your financial situation along with implementation. So people got to take information. They got to execute or to implement. Don't just take notes. Be okay taking action. Like, like we, be, we be okay. Like, we, we, we love education. Oh, but we allergic to taking action. It's just like, what's wrong with you? Stop taking notes and take some action. You know what All I mean? All right, so look, we done repaired our credit, restored it, and now we're building relationships. Yep. What do we do once we have this money? Once we got this credit lines, yep. what are we doing next? This is called monetization. Yes. This is taking the bag and actually flipping it. I'm going to tell you, when you get the bag, the very first thing that you got to do is you got to get a mentor. Yeah. Like, I think so. It don't, I don't, whatever field you want to go into, if you want to get into Airbnb, Turo, real estate, I don't care what you want to get into. Don't try to figure it out by yourself. Your first investment should be a mentor. Yeah. So I want to kind of pause on that because I want to ask you, why do you feel that way? Right. Yeah. You have been a successful employee for a long time, making yeah. six figures. Yeah. You started out in entrepreneurship, making six figures. Why do you think having a mentor was so important, you know, when you get to the point where you can actually afford one? Um, because I did it by myself for such a long time, especially my first five and a half years of being an entrepreneur. And yes, I was making six figures, but um, when I got my mentor, uh, shout out to Nehemiah Davis, when I got into his inner circle and got it underneath his mentorship, that's when I consistently started. I went from six figures a year to now six figures a month. Mm. Like that... Just, just the information that he was, that he provided me, and the connections, and the, like, all of that put me in position to where I was like, yo, I never knew none of this stuff. It's almost kind of like having a mentor is like the cheat code to life. Mm. If you're, if you're saying I'm stuck here, but I really want to be here, you gotta get the per. If you're looking at like, let's just say you want to get into real estate, you could see like this guy, this girl making great money. They doing, you see him, it, it looks glamorous. If you fact check, because success and failure leaves clues, and success has receipts. If you see this, the receipts and you see the success and you see all of the clues, you need to contact that person and say, what do I got to do like, to be mentored by you? Pay whatever the cost is. Pay the cost to be the boss because you're going to be a boss soon. 
They say 5K, 10K, 20K, 80K. I don't care what they say. You make the payment to that person because you're exchanging whatever value that they said, and you're going to exchange it for probably 10 to 20 times work, like more. Like we're talking about, if I, if I said, hey, Shanika, I, if, if, I, if, I, if you give me $100, I'll give you 1000 back. That would be an agreed situation, right? 10X, absolutely. 10X. If I said give me a thousand, I give you ten thousand. You would agree, right? Absolutely. That's mentorship. But most people don't understand. They say, "Well, why? Why I gotta give you five k? You finna give me five k, and I'm probably finna give you five hundred thousand dollars worth of information and value." Listen. This is what we're talking about. So when I pay, I'm actually you know, on the losing end of this offer. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm finna lose. You giving me five k? I'm giving you five hundred thousand dollars in value. Come on. So this is why I say that because people don't have information. And, and if you lack information, you can't change your situation. Right. That's it. So, again, your biggest expense in life is what you don't know. So you don't know stuff to take you from where you at to where you're looking to go. And the mentor is going to be that GPS. They're going to guide you from where you currently are to where you're looking to go. Like, we use a GPS system to get to our destination safely, the fastest route, the most cost-efficient route. So why wouldn't you get a mentor if they're going to be your GPS to six or seven figures a year? Right. That's wow. It. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> this I is love it. it. Yeah, that's it. So, are you a mentor? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell the people. Gotcha. How can they, how can they get in touch? If they want to repair, restore, yeah, run yeah. the bag up with the credit, Yeah. how can they be mentored by you? So, I mean, you can follow me on IG at Mr. Phenomenal Power. My Facebook name is my regular name, Dion Coopwood. Just reach out to me. If you click the link in my bio, everything is there. All my mentorship program, my courses. Um, everything that I have to offer is 100% there. And, you know, my specialty is just teaching people how to really, like, just duplicate themselves and become like a me. Like, I want people to actually mentor, train, and develop people. But even if you just say, yo, I just want to repair my own credit, I can help you do that. If you say, I want to start a credit repair company, I want to help others, and I want to, you know, run up my back, I can help you do that as well. But all you guys got to do is just tap in with me, and I got you. I got you. And as you can see, he's teaching y'all a whole lot more than business. This brother done went into some spiritual things. And yeah. quite frankly, I know these corporations will pay you millions of dollars to come in and train their sales team. They so would. They would. y'all better get them while you can and still look, afford them. And just really quick, I need y'all to, everybody, I want y'all to text DTD to 74121. That link is going to literally, it's going to send you a link back and you're going to be able to see everything that I have to offer as well. So that'll be the easiest way to be able to tap in with me. Again, text DTD to 74121. Perfect. Yep. Well, thank you, King. I appreciate you for coming through. No problem, no problem. That is this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shanique Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shanique Nicole, and I hope to see you next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on them notifications, and head to blackwealthweekly.com where you can read all the new episodes of these entrepreneurs and so many others.